0: Support for Tilt Radio comes from the Catalyst Counseling Foundation. The Catalyst Counseling Foundation is hosting their first annual golf outing June 25th at the Heatherwood Golf Course in Springboro, Ohio. Their foundation is a 501c nonprofit that strives to empower families and educators to elevate beyond the stigma of mental health by bridging gaps in treatment and mental health education. The Catalyst Counseling Foundation raises awareness and financial support for children and families in our local schools and communities to receive assistance with mental health services that wouldn't be able to do so otherwise. They're in need of players, sponsors, and raffle basket donations. If you feel led to contribute to this worthy cause, you can find more information on their website, catalystcounselingfoundation.org, or on their Facebook page under the events tab. What's up blacks fam cal here this is tilt radio today on the show we're bringing you updates from the state tournaments and taking a deep dive into some questionable player rankings around the city then in the second half of our show we're sitting down with unc midfielder and cincy's zone henry Schertzinger. check the tilt don't forget to subscribe rate and follow our show if you like what we're doing tilt radio is produced by storm sessions Creative audio solutions for creators like you.
1: What is up, Lax Fam? It's Jamie Foley here again with episode five, sitting next to my producer and co-host Cal Turnbull. What is up, Calosaurus? What's up, everyone? So great episode last week. Great guest. This week we're going to touch base. We're through the first round of the state tournament. Uh, thanks again to Kevin Carroll and Garrett Apple for coming on. A lot of great feedback. Thank you guys for going and listening and uh, and tuning in. It was great to talk some girls across finally. So, Yeah, it was. So we'll start with girls tournament action. Division one. Uh, we'll kind of go through uh, where we're at in the next round, when they're playing, who's playing. Uh, number one seed, Loveland, got the win over Macaulay. They'll meet Lakota East, who beat uh, Anderson. Moving on down, Cincinnati Walnut Hills beat Mount Notre Dame. That's an upset, Cal. Mount Notre Dame was the five seed. Walnut Hills was the ten seed. They will meet, I believe, Sycamore in the next round. And then moving down, we have Mason has moved on. They will meet uh, St. Ursula. uh, Also was a higher seed. They won 14-13 over Lebanon. Uh, Let's see. Kings got the win and I believe they will meet Lakota West in the next round. That's our Division I girls. Division II girls, those are being played as we speak. So we'll have those updates on the next show. Let's move on to boys. Division II boys. Pretty much rock chalk here for Division II boys. Uh, wins, moves on, uh, beat Madeira. Anderson beats LaSalle. CHCA takes care of McNick. Turpin beats Wyoming. Indian Hill beats Wilmington. Summit beats CCD. Fenwood beats Franklin. And Seven Hills beats Talawanda. Seven Hills over Talawanda might have been like the only upset, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, meeting each other here, they will play Thursday. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, so they'll meet tomorrow. Marymount will play Anderson. CHCA will play Turpin. That should be a decent game. Indian Hill will meet Summit and Fenwick will meet Seven Hills. I think that will also be a good game. So uh Division I, pretty much the same thing. Rock Chalk. Springboro took care of Oak Hills. Lakota East beat Lebanon. Sycamore and Milford turned out to be a hell of a game. Milford was way up late. Sycamore came storming back and lost by one, but Hell of a comeback. Just came up short. Uh, Mason won. Uh, Moeller took care of Little Miami. Lakota West beat Kings. St. beat Witten Woods. And I think, yes, Loveland and Elder are playing uh, tonight. So I'm going to take Loveland in that game. So meeting each other, we'll have Springboro meeting Lakota East uh, Friday night. That'll be a good one, I feel like. Uh, Milford and Mason is the big one in that second round division one. That is going to be a really, (laughs) that's going to be a really good game. That game will be played at Mason. Uh, molar is going to, uh, lock up with Lakota West. There's a rematch there. And then Saint next is going to play Loveland. I'm interested to see how that game goes as well. Uh, if Loveland shows up and plays to their potential, I think that game that game could be interesting, but I think overall Sands probably pulls that out. So I think so too. Let's see where we're at here. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of the updated tournament information there. Um, you know, so far so good. Weather's starting to turn out there a little bit, starting to get a little hot. So let's talk about this Mason Milford game. What are you thinking there, Cal?
0: I got Milford written down, but we saw we saw a whole other animal when we played Milford, so yes. maybe mm-hmm. maybe I just got a little shaken out of my boots.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, you know. Can Mason stop that kind of box style that Milford has? I also haven't seen Mason play. Right, so they're big and they got a big old D or a big old O mitty and Brett Wexelblatt. You know, they're really solid in the faceoff game. I mean, I think if Mason wins, that's the difference right there. Is the faceoff game Thomas Garvin. Is a beast at the face off X. And then when you have a guy like Craig Wexelblat at LSM coming in to help out, that makes a huge difference. But we'll see. I mean, if if Mason, I feel like if Mason kind of slow the game down a little bit, keep possession, score goals, get their spots, uh, Mason should win. But if they let Milford get up and down the field and win face offs. So you think it's a six on six thing? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, if they can keep him playing six on six. Right. Then. No, right. But Mason's got to possess the ball. It can't be like, I'm going to come – I don't think it can be I'm going to come down there and score on you quick, go back to face-off and play, make it, take it. Because Milford can score in bunches. They got some dynamic guys with, you know, Renoni and Geyer. Um, and their, their midfield game is really good. So, that's going to be interesting to see, especially the winner of that is going to see Springboro – which Sheesh. is gonna be a good one. Yeah. Congratulations. You get to play Springboro. <laughs> and then down there at the bottom, I mean I mean, I think Mueller and St. Nick are gonna have their rematch again, which when those two play in the tournament, there's no there's no telling. There's no telling. In division two, obviously I feel like we're probably gonna pick Merrimon over Anderson. I think CHCA is probably gonna come out over Turpin, uh Indian Hill over Summit, Fenwick over Seven Hills, Fenwick over Seven Hills. I think so. Think so. Okay. But I love seven hills. There you go. <laughs> Let's go, Frank. <laughs> so that be that has a matchup with Indian Hill meeting Fenwick uh, and CHCA and Marymont. I that chca Marymont game. I I I love that game. I don't know. No? Really? I think Marymont beats the shoes off of them. Oh man. I hope we don't have to see CHCA. I just said that cow. I think it's I think it's going to be an interesting game regardless. Um, I think like most people feel Indian Hill and Maramond are going to meet each other again in that regional final, but we'll see. So moving on to something else. Look, coaches vote and nominate all region players. So we nominate them, who we think should be nominated, and then all the coaches go in and vote. I don't know if there's just... And we touched on this a little bit last week. We touched on this a little bit too with the tournament draw. I don't know if there's just a misunderstanding. I don't know if it's like petty, weird beef that people have with other people. But guys, coaches, come on. Please just do the research. And I'm, I'm not trying to call people out. I'm not going to name names. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But come on. I'll I'll speak on myself. Okay? So what what happens is you nominate players and then coaches go in there in your region and let's say if there's 10 attackmen that were nominated, each coach rates them 1 through 10, 1 being the highest, 10 being the lowest. If you know anything about lacrosse in this area, I'll talk about our own player, Charlie De Janeiro in Division 2. It is, there is no doubt. I'm not just saying this because I'm his coach. No doubt. There's no doubt he is easily top one or two best players in Division Two, at least. There are some Division One coaches that will tell you he's just as good as any Division One player out there, too. He's going to Jacksonville next year. We had a coach rank him 10th out of 16 for Attackman. In this area, what what are we doing? I'll I'll touch base on another one. There's a MIDI at Molar, who's been one of the best players in this area for a long time. And out of I don't know fifteen, they ranked this kid fourteen or thirteen. So look, if you're a coach out there and you have some sort of beef. Like get get over it. You're not you're not hurting the coach that you have a beef with. You're hurting the kid. These are accolades that kids take with them for their entire lives. Right. I mean, I mean, guys talk about all the time when they're older. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was all region. When I was high school, I was player of the year, or I was all state, or in Charlie DeGeneres' world, all American. There's a kid that can be a possibly be an all American, and you're voting like tenth out of sixteen players. So, here is what I think they should do. So, Coach Peterson, who you're the president of our chapter, please, I hope you listen to this, because I'm going to talk to you about it anyway. I think we should take two hours on a Sunday and do the tournament draw, do the seating draw for a tournament, and do the nomination and regional players all on the same day, everyone there, so coaches can explain themselves when they vote this stuff in person. If it's up for between the, I don't know, the Madeira coach and the CHCA coach for coach of the year, and this guy beat this guy, you have to explain why you're voting for the guy that lost. Not just that
0: you get dinner once a week together. No, right. Because that's not a reason for someone to get coach of the year.
1: No, correct. I mean, it's it's that just makes sense to me. Let's just do it all on the same day. Let's get together, get it catered. We can all meet somewhere. We can meet right here. Right now, we're in the coach's office in Indian Hill. We can meet right here, and we can sit down and talk about it. We have a full fridge, all kinds of snacks. Come on in. We'll all break it down right now, and we'll go. To me, that's the only thing that makes sense, hiding behind computer screens and voting guys like that because you have a problem with someone or you coach club ball with them, or you used to coach with them in high school, or you went to high school together, give me a break. The Cindy Lacks Twitter account has been calling these things out now for the last two weeks, and I'm right there with them because it is ridiculous. You are You are hurting kids because you have a beef somewhere or you just flat out don't understand what you're doing. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a newer high school coach. You know, this is my second year, really my first year of COVID getting shut down. But from what I understand, this happens all the time. But if I talk to my guy, Bobby Perez of at Rocky River about this, he said, no, we don't have that problem up here. Up here, everyone gets it. You know, they break it down by the analytics and the eye test and this guy's better than this guy and they break it down by, oh yeah, the competition that player faced. So it makes sense to do it that way to me. But, hey, if you disagree, please tell me. I mean, you can sit there and talk about it. Look, I'll take you out to dinner, and we can talk about it all night long. It'll be on me. But it's got to change because it's ridiculous, and it's not fair to kids. I'm I'm not saying a kid that's on a team that doesn't play as much con- competition isn't deserving or anything like that, but does it play a part? Uh, Yeah. Sure it does there's some wiggle room.
0: We're not talking about being within that wiggle room. We're talking about spite in a lot of, in a lot of circumstances. Like we're talking about people getting rated way out of where they should be. Not a couple spots.
1: I mean, absolutely. It it's uh, to me, it's just so wrong. It's, and it pisses me off. I mean, obviously as you can tell, I mean, it really pisses me off because again, it doesn't, hurts the kids. I mean, there, there's, there's two coaches in Division One that voted the exact same on every single ballot. Like, they voted the same number on every ballot almost. It's mm-hmm. where it's, like, blatant where, like, those two talked and they were like, oh, who you got for this guy? Oh, yeah, I'll put that guy too. Like, what are we doing? We coach for the kids. So, please do your research for the kids. Seriously. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I mean, anyway, please again, comment, reach out to me. Please bring in your comments on our Twitter page, Instagram. Yeah, keep reaching out. You know, we love our listeners, we love the comments. It's been great so far. So, everyone, keep listening. Cal, you got anything else we got? All we got to give a shout out to Cal. Hey, hey. Coach Kalosaurus is going to be a daddy come Sunday. So congrats to Coach Cal. We're happy for him. We're pumped for him. Thank you very much. So that's going to be awesome. Congrats to him. So, but well, everyone, stay tuned. Coming up next is one of Cincinnati's own North Carolina midfielder, Henry Schertzinger.
0: Support for Tilt Radio comes from Headlines Sportswear. From uniforms to spear chops, Headlines has all your sports apparel needs. Visit them online at makeheadlines.us to find out more. And remember, make headlines.
1: Joining us now on the show, getting ready for his upcoming game at Rutgers in the NCAA tournament, Cincy's own Henry Scherzinger. What's up, Henry?
2: Doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Always love to talk about how lax lacks and give back any way possible. So having this conversation is a nice little thing to do.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Shout out to Will Riley for hooking us up and... Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on in your world right now, getting ready for the tournament, and kind of what that looks like.
2: Well, right now it's nice because feel like a full time professional lacrosse player with school being out. So really, we're just waking up, head to the locker room like seven fifteen, seven thirty. We just get about twenty minutes of wall ball before a film session or something. In the playoffs, we usually watch film or have an offensive meeting for like thirty five minutes for practice, and then two hours on the field and, and waits twice a week just get ready for the game. So it's been great. This is the part of the season that we're waiting for once school's out and you're a full-time lacrosse player.
1: Absolutely. And you guys have been on a roll too. You guys, I don't think you guys have had a loss since what April 10th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you guys since have been balling for sure. It'll be, a, it'll be a fun game to watch. I know a lot of people here are excited about it because obviously you and your brother playing, and then uh, Jack's the handzik for Moeller playing for Rutgers and, um, I know I'm looking forward to watching it for sure. So
2: it's going to be a fun game. Get, I mean, they run up and down the field like crazy and we've got athletes to run up and down the field. So I think it's going to be a matchup that most people haven't seen just two great teams that want to push the ball. So I like how we match up.
1: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit of kind of your journey to, uh, to North Carolina, I know you get you had a little different journey than what most guys now are used to in recruitment. You guys, yeah, you know it was before you had to wait to your junior year. So, tell us a little bit about that with you and your brother, and and uh, just a little bit of insight on how that went for you. Well, we
2: started playing real young. I think we were in kindergarten or first grade, and we played for Milford, and that was the first time we met Jack Hanna. We did, like we played with him. I think he was in first grade, and we ran on the same midfield line. And then after that, we played for Loveland. We grew up under the Coach Kostonis, Mike Castonis with Loveland. He's the absolute man. And then from there, we played with the Junior Crusaders for a little bit. And then we started in the Summit, Summit Country Day system in seventh and eighth grade, which I don't think they have a middle school team anymore, but we played middle school for them. As far as club went, Coach Lynch and Coach Kennedy, they started like a team called Cincinnati Elite. And I think we played for them in like fifth grade. And then that team was bought by True. But we just worked up through the club scene and eventually ended up at Resolute. And a really fun story is we had no idea what our talent, how it stacked up to anyone on the East Coast. Because we were just used to playing in the local tournaments or going up to Michigan at the farthest. We had no exposure out East. And I remember our first term with Resolute, we played in a false showcase. And we played the Tenacious Turtles that had like twenty division one commits on it. We were in eighth grade and we were playing against all these kids that we just heard they were going to Hopkins and all around. And they ended up beating us like twenty-one to two. And Harris and I were like, Oh my gosh, like we might not even go division three. Like kids are so freaking good out here. And that was our first really um taste of it. And when we when we got home, I remember looking at Harrison like, we have to work so much harder than we are, and that—that's when I really started putting the work in as far as wall ball and just extra shots. But the recruiting scene was so different. And to jump forward a little bit, we committed to North Carolina November fourteenth November of our freshman year before we even start had played a high school lacrosse game, and we were talking to Ohio State when we were in eighth grade, and just I, it was crazy, and it makes me laugh every time because whenever I watch our middle school highlight video or like freshman year club highlight video, I'm like, how did these coaches see potential or take a, take a chance on um, what they were watching? It's it's pretty incredible, but the process now is so much healthier and way better. And it it especially helps kids from the Midwest that are a little later to develop, but but are great athletes. that can really contribute to college across because, if it was the way it was now, Harrison and I probably would not have ended up at North Carolina just because of our injuries. But on the other hand, you have a lot of kids that are late bloomers from the Midwest and Cincinnati and Ohio that it helps out a ton.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned it like Jack Hanna. Like I remember he signed like super late his senior year with Denver, right?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, he was such a late bloomer. Now I think he's one of the best players
1: in college across. Oh yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I gotta tell you, probably one of the and I saw you guys play a lot, like we talked about. You played against my son a lot when he was at Lakota West. And um probably the most fun high school game I've ever watched was the Dick Sporty Goods Tournament of Champions, your senior year. Oh yeah. I down was down there I was down there with my headlines team. And you guys played FCA national in the final that had to be one of the most fun games that are, I mean, just the talent level on the field. Cause I mean, there, I mean, there's division one players all over the field.
2: Yeah. Every player on the, every player on the field. And the, the crazy story about that game, cause I, <laughs> I remember that tournament cause I wasn't even planning on playing when I went down there. I didn't take my pads. I took a backup stick. I didn't, take a, I didn't take cleats or anything. I just went down there to warm up the goalies because I was still like five or six months out of ACL recovery. And my dad was like, no way you play. We hadn't talked to Coach Brescia or Coach Metz. And I mean, they would have killed me if they knew I was going out there. And then the first game I start warming up the goalie and uh, Matt Lee, Coach Lee at Rezzo. He's like, you're, you're looking pretty good, Henry. You sure you can't suit up and play man up for us? I was like, I mean, I feel great. I probably could. So then I, I suited up, just scrounged together some pads because people travel with extra pads on uh, far trips like that. We are in Florida. So I got some elbows, got shoulders. Harrison had a second helmet, and I was using my backup stick. Harrison had two pairs of cleats, so I used his cleats. And I started that next game playing a tack playing man up then I played attack and ended up playing the whole tournament and got like offensive player of the game in the championship game so I, I was just laughing because I didn't even plan on playing and I couldn't really do any dodges I could dodge a little bit but I couldn't change the direction much so I was really just running off the of picks and putting my shoulder down and shooting the ball as hard as possible <laughs> That was about it
1: but yeah, that was yeah, that was a fun tournament. I'll I'll never forget that game just everyone around watching that game and uh yeah, that was so much fun. Oh, no, that yeah. That was a lot of fun to watch. Hey, so dive a little bit into your season here so far. I see you got 8 goals on the season, one assist. Um going into Rutgers, uh you're obviously playing really well. How are you feel so far about your season and kind of your chances here uh for the rest of the tourney? Yeah.
2: It's been a really crazy season. It's for my like personal journey, I started the season off with a hamstring injury, so I I didn't I didn't play in the Denver game. Might have got one possession. I I don't think I went in the Denver game, and I really didn't play much the first four games. But I knew personally, like I just wanted to play in the ACC games at the end of the year and for the tournament run. So that's what I was focused on, just trying to get healthy, get my confidence to where it is, make sure my stick was tight, and um The biggest thing in college lacrosse it's crazy because there's guys on our team that could go anywhere and be their best players and we have so much talent but the only thing that separates the guys that play and the guys that don't is confidence right so like the whole beginning of the season i was just trying to make sure my confidence was ready for the big stage at the end like personally i had trust in myself the moves that i could do so what I've contributed has pretty much all been in these last like five games. Because the first game I played in was in Virginia at home, and I had two goals and an assist or two goals and a hockey assist. And then I played the, the rest of the ACC games. And the last game was the first game I've got pulled, which feels good because it means teams are scouting and think I'm a threat. And so, really, is the personal journey has gone it's exactly what i hoped it would be just getting ready for these big games which the one coming up is really what i've been waiting for
1: the Um, game that's a big one
2: yeah yeah a huge huge game i mean as a a lacrosse player you wait your whole life to play championship weekend and this is this is the final step to get to championship weekend i remember growing up watching games i couldn't even watch a full game because i would just go outside and shoot (laughs) <laughs> I get so 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 antsy watching those people. I'm like, golly, I got to be out there. I'm going to go shoot or do something. So it's going to be an absolute dream being out there in Hofstra this week. As far as the team goes, I mean, it's ridiculous. We've got two PLL players, but really all fifth years coming back, same team as last year with more experience and a lot more talent. So we're just, we're so confident, but work so hard in practice so hard and I think this week of practice has been the sharpest we've ever been yesterday we went seven for eight on offensive possessions um I mean we just really dialed in so I'm looking forward for offense to go out there and just unleash it especially because we've had guys injured our second midfield line me McCarthy and Trip. We we had a really nice run through the ACC, and then McCarthy hurt his hamstring, was out for two weeks, and couldn't play against Monmouth, and it kind of slowed our second midfield line down. We had zero points in the first half of Monmouth, but he's back, so now we're firing on all cylinders. And then Cookie, our big Canadian playing for the Chaos, he's getting healthy, so we're about to have the full squad getting ready to go, which will be awesome to see again.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So I saw a little bit too, where someone sent me something you're doing here um, in your off season back here in Southwest Ohio X-Force training, correct? X-Factor. X-factor yeah, yes. exactly. But tell us a little bit about that.
2: Harrison and, I and Jack Hanna are doing it with a couple of people that have trained with us and play cause cross, And I mean, we're so, we're so excited because we know to elevate the collective game in Southwest Ohio, you have to invest in the individual and we love the club scene. Like we don't, we don't want to start a club team or change, like, change that dynamic at all. We just want to invest in the kid. So this summer with X-Factor uh, lacrosse, which the backstory behind that is in 2014, a UNC soccer alum started X-Factor football, which was just a unique soccer private training um, company. And she grew it and grew it. And now they have eight acres of land and they're looking for it to be a sports campus. For athletes that want to private train and invest in themselves, like physically work on their speed and endurance and uh, fitness and stuff. So we were asked to to join X Factor and start X Factor Across, which is an awesome opportunity. Personally, I want to begin investing in Southwest Ohio as soon as possible, which luckily is this summer. And from K through twelve, that's how that's how the whole game is going to elevate. Because as soon as one player on a team elevates his game, it makes the defender guarding him work harder, makes the guys around him see how he's playing and elevate they, their game. So to increase the collective talent, which the coaches in Cincinnati are great because there's guys that have come from the East Coast and are here and really want to give to the game. But I think it's on us as players like Harrison and Jack Hanna, Sidney Black, Davis Whiting, and hopefully Stahanzik, Um, We can get him to join X factor, but people that want to invest in the players and get them ready to be coached. And um, yeah, we're, we're so excited for it. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a ton of opportunities for high school players, middle school, all ages to, to join two sessions, two or three sessions a week for the whole summer. Hopefully be a big accelerator for kids confidence and uh, skills
1: yeah I know you guys did some training last summer over at Summit, and then I think you moved it to camp d and I know some of my younger headlines guys came down to you guys and you're you're spot on I mean between what you guys were teaching and then practice like the how quickly they elevated their game between the beginning of the summer and the end was, oh it's crazy yeah i mean
2: it's it's unreal I mean if you take a team, if you give hairsight a whole entire offense. And we have two hours with them. We teach them all new dodges. We teach them like a three-step split. We teach them how to shoot. And then they go out there and be a completely different offense.
1: Right. Because
2: they're all different players. And our goal this summer is to have such a huge transformation in players' games that it actually has a large impact on the game of lacrosse in Ohio, in Cincinnati. And, I mean, we know we can do it. Harrison and Jack are so excited. We're offering so many sessions for girls and guys because I think the girls' game in Ohio is not does not have a lot of, I don't know if you'd say mentors, but a lot of people looking to mentor athletes and get them to where they want to go. So we're, we're reaching a handout to the women's game, to the men's game. And we started young. We started in kindergarten with Milford. So we want to work with those kindergarten kids, teach them how beautiful the game is, just, just simple basics, but then all the way up to the high school kids teaching what we're learning right now, which I remember last summer having a conversation with Jack and just, we were shaking our heads. Like, could you imagine when we were in high school, if we were getting trained by two North Carolina midfielders, like we had nobody, like the only person I shot with was my brother. And we weren't getting instruction like this. We had great coaches, Greg Bice and Joel Zaleski and some awesome guys up in Resolute the effort that we put in and we're just open books telling them as much as possible and hopefully people are soaking it up. But I think the transformation this summer is going to be special with some people's games because we've seen it firsthand. I mean, there's athletes that say, We will I will come and shoot with you and Harrison every single day. And we're like, if you're be here every day, come on. Like just watch how good your game gets and There's a local girl named Georgia, and now she's going to be on the X Factor um, staff. But I'm not exaggerating. Her shot might have been like 35 miles an hour when she started with us. And by the end, she could probably shoot at 80. Just by how big of a difference the form is, working your top hand, engaging your core, getting all the muscles to shoot in a fluid motion. Like, I mean, her game changed completely. She probably learned five, six new dodges, like turned into a midfielder when she thought she was going to just go and be an athlete and play defense. And She got runs at attack because of how much she learned offensively. So, I mean, we're excited. I can't That's wait. Awesome, hopefully man. hopefully we win a national championship and then just get a go home and have a good time.
1: Yeah, bring it home, dude. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. There's no doubt about that for sure. I'll tell you what. Tell me a little bit about you, Jack Hanna, Jack Stahanzig, your brother, um you know Wiseman at Ohio State, Skyler at Ohio State, do you see anything that's a little different with these Midwest players than you see from a lot of the East Coast guys yeah,
2: yeah there's I think there's definitely a difference. I mean, even Johnny Morocco and Duke Alf and I mean there's a there's a bunch of us, and it definitely just comes a chip on your shoulder. Especially when when we got here, like Harrison and I weren't coming in here starstruck. We didn't come to Chapel Hill just wanting to uh, put the uniform on, in a sense. Like we wanted to come here and be North Carolina lacrosse and bring Ohio lacrosse to it, and really represent it on the biggest stage. And I know Jack has that exact same pride. He has a ton of pride for Milford lacrosse, like even down to that hometown, which Harrison and I are from Loveland, and we got pride from being there, but. For us, it's just Cincinnati, and I know I have five one three always written on my helmet or OH or something like that. Um, and definitely being recruited, the thought about representing Ohio, like the Bucks, was on our mind. But here's not like no, we want to do it on the biggest stage possible in the ACC, like be the best midfielders in the country and represent Ohio. So I definitely think there's a chip on your shoulder that you don't see other places, because every weekend when I get a scouting report and the team roster, I'll just look through it, and you see no Ohio. All it is is New York, New Jersey, Baltimore, all around there. Don't even really see see some Colorado, but really just on certain teams that recruit out of there. So there's definitely a ton of pride, and I know that Cincinnati has the athletes, and especially the, the thirst for it. But now we just have to elevate the collective talent, which will for years to come, because it's even when these kids that are playing right now in high school, if they get their games better then the young, the youth watching them will have their games increase and grow just from watching it. So it's a trickle down effect that hopefully in 10 years we see Ohio and Cincinnati known as like a great place from the Midwest that produces awesome lacrosse players.
1: No right. Right. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, being a, being a coach, a high school coach and like a club director, you know, I can see those guys that the difference, for example, like where maybe a junior is right now and where his game was in eighth grade compared to like the kids that are now in eighth grade. Yeah, I agree. It's the whole different game almost as far as skill level, you know, and it's, and like you said, it is that trickle down effect it's it's they're getting so much better so much faster,
2: and I think what Harrison and I teach all the time because a lot of time it's instruction and giving them the tools, but half of it is just giving them confidence. like kids have to understand when they're watching Pat Cavanaugh or Bernhardt or anyone on on college across, like there's nothing those guys do that you can't do, and there's nothing being from Cincinnati and Ohio a Baltimore kid does that you can't do. And um, that's that's basically the chip that I feel is on our shoulder to Harris and I. Like, we just want to prove that we can do everything that has been done in college lacrosse and more because of where we came from, how we grew up. I mean, no one went through – few people played the style of lacrosse games that we had to in high school just because of the players where we, we were getting face-guarded or double-teamed running through the biggest slashes anyone has ever seen. I mean,
1: yeah
2: when yeah. you play in the MIA or those high school leagues, like you're playing regular style lacrosse. But when you come from Cincinnati and you're one of the players, you're getting headhunted, you're getting man marked all the time and it's just it's a different thing that you deal with. So it's fun to show that on the field that you've been through it.
1: For sure. For sure. Well, Henry, again, man, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're welcome here anytime, man. I'm a huge fan. I think I think you have some coaching in your future, my friend. For <laughs> sure. You sound like a, you sound like a coach already. So uh I do
2: enjoy, I do enjoy helping people. I think it'll always be private training.
1: <laughs> well, we got a spot for you on the Indian Hill staff anytime you want it.
2: Good to know. Good to
1: know. <laughs> but hey, man, I appreciate it. Tell Harrison we said, hey, we're a big fan also. And, uh, man, go get them this weekend. We're cheering for you here in Cincinnati, no doubt about it. I appreciate it. I'm going to give them hell this week for sure. All right. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Good luck this weekend.
2: Have a great rest of your day. See ya.
0: Thanks to everyone for supporting Tilt Radio. If you're a fan, don't forget to show us some love on social media and your podcast app. See you next time, LAX fam. This is Cal and Jamie signing off. Check the Tilt.